Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Declare podcast. Our mission at Declare is to equip women to walk in their callings as Christian communicators. So if you're a writer of any kind, a speaker, or a podcaster, then we hope you're going to find encouragement, inspiration, and practical tips to help you press on with your message. If that's you, you're in the right place, and I'm your host, Ann Watson. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. As writers, speakers, and communicators, then we know how important reviews are for getting our messages out. And that's why we love it when you take time to leave a review on iTunes for this podcast. That helps other women like you find us, and we could not be more grateful. So if you haven't left a review yet, please do. And if you love this podcast, share it with your friends. We've made it really easy. All you have to do is click on the share buttons in the show notes. A tip that I heard recently that I love is to go ahead and schedule 15 minutes a week to leave reviews for your favorite books and podcasts. You can choose how long or how often you do it, but the point is to schedule it as part of your routine. Think of it as leaving a little encouragement for someone else and who doesn't need to be encouraged. In our last episode, I talked with artist Andrea Howie. We talked about the roller coaster moments of our callings, sticking with our callings even when it seems hard, and why you should get your hopes up about God's plan for you. Andrea is a champion encourager, so if you're feeling like you need some encouragement, then that's the episode for you. It's number 67. Go back and listen to it. You're going to love it. But today, we're on episode 68 with Anna LeBaron. I've had Anna on the podcast before, episode 62, and we talked about her story and her book, The Polygamous Daughter. If you don't already know about it, Anna literally escaped from a violent polygamous cult where her own father was the leader. And this book is that incredible story. But today, we're chatting about something entirely different. Launch teams have become critical to the success of any book that is newly released, and Anna is an expert. Today, we talk about how she became that expert, including her story of telling Jen Hatmaker, who's the boss. She also shares the three major purposes of the team, the most important thing every launch team needs, and why it can be the most fun thing you'll do. Listen, friends, this episode is a little longer than normal because it's packed, and I mean packed, with a ton of really great information. I want to encourage you, grab a notebook and pen and take notes. I'll have the links on the show notes, but honestly, I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to this a few times. It's for anyone who has written a book, is writing a book, who has served on a launch team or will serve on one, and who leads launch teams or wants to lead launch teams. So you'll never look at launch teams the same way again. She has tons of great information. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started with our conversation with Anna LeBaron. Hi, Anna. It's so good to talk to you again. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Anne? I'm so good. And I am so excited about our conversation today because you have become somewhat of an expert in launch teams. And this is going to be a really practical episode where we're going to kind of break down what it means to be on a launch team and how to be successful. And I'm so excited about that. I think our people are going to love it. But before we do that, I would love for you to just take a couple of minutes and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Tell us about your book. And then maybe give us a little background on why you are the expert at launch teams. Oh, my gosh. That's a big question. And I will try my best to not take up a lot of time to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Anna LeBaron, and I'm the author of The Polygamous Daughter. It's my memoir in which I tell the story of escaping from a violent polygamist cult and the journey to freedom that God had me on. And it's my it's my favorite story to tell, um, especially the part where I talk about my freedom journey, because that's the part where most people can relate. You don't have to be born into a violent polygamous cult to experience many of the themes of the book, which are abuse and abandonment, um, neglect, poverty, um, just those themes are so um, rampant in our society. And the journey that God put me on when I was able to escape and then come to know him 
as my savior and then come to know him as my father when I had been raised fatherless. That's the, the story of my heart. So I, um, I came to launch books when I knew I was writing my own and started getting wind of this idea of a launch team and that these things, this launch team happens when a new book is coming out. So I started um, kind of, it piqued my curiosity and I thought, what happens on a launch team? And one day I'll need one. So I applied to be on Jen Hatmaker's launch team for her book, For the Love, in March of 2015. A few days later, I got a rejection email and she attached four chapters for us to read basically as a consolation prize, which I was supremely happy with and read them and tweeted her. Um, there were 5,000 people that applied for 500 spots on her launch team and I was not picked. So when I tweeted her, I used the hashtag the 4,500 since there were 4,500 of us that got that rejection email. Well, Jen replied to my tweet, that hashtag went viral on her Twitter feed, and a Facebook group was formed called The 4500, and so cool. 1,300 women joined that group, and I became kind of the rogue launch team leader for this group of women, and basically, in a nutshell, said to them, um, Jen Hatmaker is not the boss of us. I just love saying that. <laughs> it's it's like my favorite quote. I've actually heard you say that before, and it it makes me giggle every time. Like I, I know, just think that's so fun. Up. Yeah, exactly. It cracks so, me up. But it was a powerful statement. Yeah, and so I basically led this rogue launch team, and did what came natural to me. Um, I love social media, and have been a super fan of Facebook since 2009 when I joined. And so this is 2015. Um, all my friends and family that would have trouble with Facebook, especially after they would, you know, change things every time, I would go figure out what the changes meant and, and help everybody learn how to navigate their way through Facebook. That was just me helping my friends and family. Well, when it came time to um, lead this rogue launch team, I just used everything that came natural to me about social media and my love of books and my um, desire to learn about what launching a book meant because I knew one day I would have a book because I was writing mine at the time. And um, that book, um, For the Love, came out at number two on the New York Times bestseller list. Um, and I believe we had a big part of that because the way books had been launched using, you know, publishers, staff, leading launch teams, um, was different than the way I had led that team. And basically we went nuts about the book. That's in a nutshell. I mean, that's what every author wants people to go nuts about their book. Right. And I, because I didn't know how other launch teams were done, um, here's what I think about nowadays. If I had been picked as one of the 500, none of this other stuff would have ever happened. Because I would have joined that team of 500 people and been an observer. I would have watched and learned and figured out what they were doing so that I could do that and repeat that when I, when my book came out. But because I had never seen what happens normally and generally on launch teams, I didn't know to do things differently. So we're in this 4,500 group going nuts and I, I am giving them permission to just go crazy on social media about this book because I was crazy about the book and I 
I'll confess that I did not know that Jen Hatmaker had been published prior to For the Love. Oh my gosh, I you're had kidding. I never read any of her other books. Um, I fixed that promptly after finding out that she had other books. Um, just a couple. And, yeah, um, just a couple. And <laughs> I had just read her blogs and they were so hilarious and cracked me up so much that I just admired that humor and that she could have hu- be a Christian and be humorous and and be a little spicy. Yeah, that's and, a thing, isn't it? And be a little bit on the edge that I had just like stayed away from that edge for so long. Just I don't want to offend. I don't want to be real because what if see people see the real me? You know, that I can be a little spicy. You know, when she defined spicy families and sweet families, like my family was 100% in the spicy category. And I felt like, oh my gosh, it's okay. And so I adored her for just giving me permission to be real and to be myself and to be okay with having a spicy family. And so I was nuts about the book. And I had not read the whole thing. I had just read those four chapters. And that launch team, we were part of that team from March until the book came out in August. And it was a nonstop party in that group, literally day and night. Everyone getting to know each other, people from around the country. It was, we built, we built a community around a book that we had only read four chapters of. (laughs) That's really amazing. And so did Jen ever respond? Did she send you the rest of the book or anything? Well, um, Jen joined the group about a week into the group. Like she was like, what is going on with this whole thing? Because we were all over the internet tagging her and hashtagging the 4,500. Like, so she found, she knew about us like right away. We were not secret about what we were doing. And she joined the group. Her publisher, Thomas Nelson, put two of their representatives in the group to kind of um, just keep an eye on us, I guess. (laughs) That's funny. And I went to them, a private message, both of them and said, "Um, is there anything that I should be doing differently or am I doing everything right? Because I had never done any kind of launch. I didn't know. And their response to me was, just keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, That's a little bit scary knowing that the publisher is watching you and you're doing this whole thing and having so much fun doing it and and it's all correct. Like you're doing the right thing. Like they weren't going to put the brakes on the crazy that happened in that group. It was it was going to be nothing but good for their book. And the other part was um I told this team I said the 500 they have the whole book that they can quote from. So we'll find them by clicking on the hashtag for the love because they're going to hashtag everything with the title of the book. And we'll find them and we'll share the things that they quote. And so we will just amplify the voice of the 500. So imagine having a team of 500 and then 1,300 people backing up that team and amplifying that message. That's an author's dream come true right there. It is. And it worked. And what I did worked. Okay, and so let's talk about that. Let us, let's talk about what were you doing? You said you didn't really have a plan. You didn't have any n- prior knowledge of launch teams. Thomas mm-hmm. Nelson did not give you any kind of direction. But you said it was a party that went day and night. So mm-hmm. can you break that down for us? What does that mean? What specifically were you doing? We were having fun. So as a team, we were having fun. We had fun with each other. We were meeting up in cities um, like every like in da- I live in Dallas. So we had a Dallas meetup because there were several people from the Dallas area. We met at a coffee shop because, you know, stranger danger, internet stranger kind of thing. Right. Know? Of course. So we meet at a coffee shop. We take a picture. We have a poster that says the 4500. 
we start showing up at every event that Jen had that year with our posters talking about the 4,500. And, and Jen was in the group. She was crazy about us, obviously. She was talking about us. And she said her publisher was talking about the 4,500 because something like this had never happened before. And so here we are doing this. And then as far as the book itself, um, what I did that was different was every single time the book was mentioned by any kind of influencer or media outlet or people's blogs, people that were writing about it or reviewing the book, we were just amplifying that message and sharing that content with our friends and posting pictures on our social media of us getting together and hashtagging everything for the love and hashtagging everything, the 4,500, because hello, <laughs> it right. became our new identity. We just had too much fun with what was happening. And in that fun, um, we would just get really excited every time we would see anything online about the book or in a magazine. If there was a magazine article, we would find the digital version and go and share that. And I was, I was posting links to that digital, whatever it was, article in whatever magazine, um, website that had featured it, um, people, whatever. I would post a link in the group and they could go and click on it and go find that and then go and share that content from the magazine website, which when you share from there, it increases the algorithms that are working on that end. And then it gives it more visibility to their people. Whatever magazine it is, it's going to um, become more visible. To You mean people. as opposed to retweeting? Yeah, we would do that too. We retweeted everything. and <laughs> I mean, it was just whatever. If you were on Instagram, if somebody saw a post, you know, we would whatever repost app or you know, whatever app that you use that helps you repost something from Instagram. People were using that. They were sharing from Facebook, sharing, retweeting on, you know, uh, social media. So like, just say if Jen Hatmaker posted or her publisher posted something on Twitter, I would post a link to that tweet in the Facebook group. And then everyone was able to find it. Like, you know how Twitter, there's just a lot going on there. Yeah, it's a pretty fast moving stream. So I would post a link so that people could find those um, to retweet them. And so, like, just for example, on Twitter, when somebody posts anything, if you are scrolling through your Twitter feed and you see something that's been retweeted a lot, it makes you pause to stop and see what it is. That's how things go viral. Right. And anything that is getting retweeted a lot or commented on a lot, Twitter will put that post in more people's feeds. And so just by getting the launch team to retweet a post from the publisher about the book is going to get more people seeing that post in their newsfeed that already like the publish or follow the publisher on Twitter. And so more people that are generally the audience for a certain type of book will see it more. If it's on like Jen Hatmaker's feed, when she posts something funny, those things get retweeted like crazy. But she posts about the book, you know, that's coming out and not everybody's going to retweet that. But right. if you have the launch team go and retweet that a bunch of times, um, more people that follow Jen Hatmaker will see that tweet and know that the book is available. Like, I can't tell you how many times when my book came out. Like, I had people that love and care about me, family and friends, that would see something online after I had been out there on social media talking about the book and everything, 
And people that knew me would be surprised that I had a book that was coming out or that had come out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you had a book. And that's because um, one of the things that I've learned is that, um, and this goes for everybody that's on social media, you are the only person that sees everything you post. Social media is designed to put things in front of you that you want to see. And so they don't show you everything. Like, it doesn't matter how many friends you have on Facebook. Your Facebook friends aren't going to see everything you post. And so there, were, there are people that are still surprised that I have a book and it's been out almost a year. Still, like and a year later, friends. they're still surprised. Yes. Yes. Well, that just, to me, magnifies the need for launch teams and getting the message that the book exists out there. Because if people you know that are, you know, friends of yours don't even know a year later that you have the book, then right. a launch team isn't just needed at the beginning of a book, but throughout it, I kind of feel like. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I have a launch team and, you know, every once in a while, I will post something in that group and say, hey, y'all, look at this. Can you retweet this? Or can you share this? Or, um, oh my gosh, this, you know, like recently, um, I, my book was not, was in the Goodreads semifinals in the memoir category. And so this was something that I asked my launch team to help spread the word about. And so even though it's been how many months since the book has been out and launched, these are people that care about me and care about the book, care about the message. And so I don't, I try not to do, ask them to do too much because I'm sure they're probably sick and tired of seeing the book cover <laughs> after oh, all this time. Um, but they do care about me as a human. So if I ask them to share, some of them will, not all of them. Maybe some of them have turned off their notifications in that group because they're just done, which is okay. <laughs> Well, let me ask you a quick question then, kind of tying into that. You said that the For the Love launch team that you were working on was day and night. Mm -hmm. So I want to know realistically, how much time did you actually spend on this? As the leader of it, I mean, were you literally sitting at your computer all day, every day? And what have you learned about that maybe that makes that process easier? Well, the, the day and night part was mostly us having fun in that group. There were people would post a picture of themselves or something. And like we didn't know each none of us knew each other. So we had to learn everything about each other and we were happy to. So we would have these long conversations on these comment threads that had nothing to do with the book. We were just getting to know each other and enjoying the process. That's what the day and night part was. And so every once in a while we would do something about the book. And, and when we did, it was big. So there was just a really good mix of we're promoting this book and we're getting to know each other and creating a community. And so that like group is still active and almost three years later in March, it'll be three years and it's still an active community. We have nothing wow. to do with the book launch anymore. And that's done. That was over with a long time ago. And it's just now a, a community of people. And most many of us have met in real life, become in real life friends. Um, and, and now it's just a, a different, it's just a Facebook group that is a community of women that, you know, support each other and care for each other, pray for each other. So it was day and night. I mean, I probably didn't get a lot of sleep that year because it was day and night. It was hard to keep up. If you wanted to try to keep up, it was hard. Not everybody tried to keep up, but I did just because it was so much fun for me. And you were the rogue leader. Yes. And it was just the, a magic, magical, divinely appointed time where I figured out that I have the right skill set and I have the right personality, the right strengths to do this thing called book launching in a social media online environment. Okay. So my next question that I want to ask you, though, is... That was a lot of serendipity, fortunate accident uh -huh. there. 
But I have been on launch teams where there are some that are 500 people, some that there are 40 mm -hmm. people. I mean, for that book, Jen had 500 and then another 1,300. Mm -hmm. And so that that was maybe an anomaly of book launching. What advice do you have for smaller book launching teams? Well, I have led teams that are smaller, 100 or less. And it's just about doing the same thing, but it's just a smaller scale. Like there's not as much energy in the group just because the numbers don't allow for that day and night aspect. And so the launch team leader is responsible for creating the enthusiasm, the energy, the, the purpose, and, and conveying you know, that this is what a team does and this is why the team works. This is what happens on a launch team. That's what I do. When I lead a team, I am also educating the people that are on that team about why they um, do what they do, why it's important, and how it helps the author. Because generally, when you put a team together, my favorite type teams are people that are already fans of the author. That's the number one criteria to me on a launch team, not how big is your platform, not how many Twitter followers do you have but are you a fan of the author? Because if you're a fan already, um, you are going to enthusiastically read, enjoy, and then talk about the book on social media. And so when I'm asking fans of the author to do whatever it is that I'm asking them to do, to share this or tweet this or whatever, they're happy to do it. As often as they feel like it's okay for their, you know, you don't want to tweet 50 times a day about the book. That's too much. But once right. a day, you know, a tweet has a, on average, a seven second lifespan. Unless you're super famous and people are retweeting that day and night for 24 hours or 48 hours and that's how things go viral. Unless you're super famous, when you post Whoever's actually looking at their feed when you post that tweet, that's pretty much who's going to see that tweet. That's incredible. And that makes me think of many, many years ago, Nielsen Television did a survey and discovered that people can only pay attention to something for six yeah. seconds. And that's why when you watch sitcoms today, the scene changes every six wow. seconds. But I think that in social media now, because of the speed with which mm -hmm. people scroll, I think the new statistic is you only get three seconds to capture right. someone's attention. And so when you are posting, like you, you can't really post too much on Twitter. It's not really possible unless mm -hmm. your super fans are, are watching. Like I have people that I follow on Twitter and I'm what would be called a super fan. Like I will click on their feed, like click on their profile and scroll to see anything I might have missed. That's a super mm. fan. And I'll retweet and click like and, and comment on what I find there. But if you're just like going through your feed and whatever happens to be in front of you, you're not going to see everything that people post. So there are times we'll just miss completely things that other people post. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit more about social media in a bit. But I wanted to kind of get back to this launch team thing, because mm -hmm. I had a question. Launch teams are actually fairly new. And I think before maybe 2015, 2014, you didn't really hear much mm -hmm. about them. And so I'm curious, do you think that a launch team today is critical to the success of a book? And yes, why? a launch team is critical. Because before launch teams, the only way you had of getting a, the word out about your book was to the people that were following you on social media. And everyone knows that as things with algorithms and social media in general have changed nowadays, unless you're already a superstar and already have, you know, 100,000 followers on Twitter or whatever, and, you know, 10,000 people on an email list, you're, you're going to need to use what's called borrowed platform from your launch team. So in essence, you are growing your platform for this period of time known as the launch period and borrowing the platform 
of the people on your launch team, whether that's 50 or 100 or 500 or I've led launch teams, 1,900 people. So you're borrowing their platform. Okay, so then you want to make sure they have a platform. Yes, I mean, right? every, every publisher talks about platform, platform, platform. It's like the location, location, location of the real estate world. Every author needs a platform. So however big or small your platform is, during the launch period of your book, the you know six to eight weeks prior to its release, you're borrowing platform from the people on your launch team to, for that period of time, grow your audience by a lot. Because people that you are not connected to are going to see your book title, your book cover. And the reason it's important is because for a new thing, anything new, even if you're just like a new kind of water or soda or beer or whatever, you know, for anything new, right? people need to see it at least seven to 10 times on average before they make a buying decision. And so what a launch team does is puts that new book cover, new book title in front of new pairs of eyes enough times that eventually everybody that is the target market for that book will have an opportunity to make a buying decision and hopefully pre-order. So when should an author then start thinking about developing a launch team? You need about six to eight weeks, you know, depending on um, if you're self-published, it's different just because unless you already are a superstar and you're going to self-publish and then that's different. But if you're self-publishing and you don't have this big platform, you'll do things a little bit differently than if a traditionally published book is being launched. Traditionally published at six to eight weeks prior to that, you put the team together and then when I'm leading that team, you know, I, I take about a week to let people get to know each other and create some community in that group. And then I introduce myself. You know, we talk about what a launch is and I kind of start educating them a little bit about what their role is in the release of that book. Because a launch team has three major purposes. And one is to read and review the book. Two, to help amplify the voice of the author on social media and create more awareness of the book. And then three is invite people to pre-order and help people self-identify as, oh, this is a book that I would want to read. No matter what the topic is, I don't care what the topic is, there are people out there that the author has no connection to that are in your, you know, in your realm of influence as far as people that follow you or that are friends with you that will probably want to read that book. And you sharing to your social media about this new author's or this new book is going to help your people self-identify and then pre-order. If there's a, any chance for any book to make any kind of list, pre-orders plus the first week of sales is the best chance for most books to make any kind of list. And so that's why pre-orders, that's why pre-orders are so important. That's why authors offer pre-order freebies. Like if you pre-order, you get this, this, and this. Because all pre-order sales, like on Amazon, for instance, if you pre-order a book, your credit card isn't charged until it ships, which they don't ship. You know, some books have a strict release date, but most books don't. So, you know, long about the week before release or somewhere during that time period, close to the release date, these books will come into Amazon's warehouse and they'll start shipping them out because they don't want to keep them. They don't want to take up that space. And, and as soon as it ships, they can charge your credit card for the book. And so all of those sales happening at the same time, meaning that all the pre-orders are finally charged, the credit cards are charged and the sale has happened. And then the first week that a book is out, you know, it's like if you've experienced you know, done your job and, and the publisher's done their job and the marketing has done their job, um, the publicity team has done their job and, you know, you've been interviewed on podcasts and you've been on this TV show or, you know, you've been in this magazine article or this blog post, you know, all of that tends to come to a big 
peak right at release day and in the days following release day. And so all of those book sales being put together in that one week allow a book to reach a list and make any kind of list, whether it's the New York Times bestseller list, which is really difficult to do. But there's also other lists. Publishers Weekly has a list. USA Today has a list. Time Magazine has a list. People has a list. There's all these lists. Okay. And you might not make one list, but you could make another. Christianity Today has a list. You know, there's all these different outlets that have their own lists. And just being on a list is fun. Oh, yeah. And so obviously the New York Times bestseller list is the one that every author would love to be on and have that distinction from then on. New York Times bestselling author. And not every book is going to make that list. But if you have even a slight chance, if you've never been on it before and you finally have the right, everything is coming together. Like Jen Hatmakers had published numerous books and For the Love was her first book on the New York Times bestseller list. And it debuted at number two. Not too shabby. And it had to do with, you know, one, she had been, people knew who she was and she had an audience. And then this launch team situation with 1800 people shouting about the book on social media. That was just the magic sauce that it took all the pre-orders plus that first week of sales put her on that list. So pre-orders matter because even if you pre-order a month before two months, three months, nine months, you know, just whenever the book is available, once you pre-order that sale doesn't count until the release day. Yes. And so launch teams pushing pre-orders and, and making the book of like that it's available. And like not everybody understands that you can order a book before it comes out and it'll show up on your doorstep. Which is kind <laughs> of handy. <laughs> yes. I mean, I love that. Like you forget that you pre-order and then all of a sudden the book shows up on your doorstep. It's like, oh, Right, it's like a little present. (laughs) Yes. And so just thanking them or the launch team helping make this known to some people that aren't aware is just part of the part of what a launch team does. Okay, so we've talked a lot about what a launch team does and how to be successful, either running one or being on one, why that's important for the author. And there have been several launch teams out for many, many years now. I'm just curious, what are the biggest mistakes that you see on launch teams today? Um, I wouldn't even call it a mistake. I would just call it a missed opportunity. I participate on launch teams all the time. What I would say is there's just missed opportunities for, and I hate to use this word, but capitalizing. Capitalizing on that energy that's in that team the love of the author to create more reach than is what's happening. And so recently I was invited by Thomas Nelson to speak at Publishing University because they were on the team that put together the panel, uh, or not the panel, but the sessions for Publishing University. And I was invited to talk about street teams, about launch teams. And what I really wanted to convey to the publishers is you need someone that doesn't already have a full-time job working for you to be the person that's going to lead that team and be involved in that Facebook group and keep everybody excited and motivated and happy to be there and engaged. So having the leader be available and enthusiastic is probably the most critical thing. Yes, and most launch teams are run by somebody that's, that works for the publisher that has a full-time job doing other things. And so being in that team, connecting with people and talking and comment, like their job is not to be on Facebook all day long. Right. Like they have a full-time job that they're paid to do. And generally when teams are put together, they're, here's the book. We hope you get your copy in the mail soon. Once you read it, we have some graphics for you to share. And here's the link to those graphics. 
you know, feel free to share them. And here's the hashtag and here's the website. And, and then, you know, they'll do some other things as part of the launch team. And then, you know, when the book comes out, it's like, you know, if you would review it over here on, you know, Amazon and other retailers, that would be great. But there's not a whole system. Like I have a whole system that I use when I'm the team leader, where I go through a series of things that happen in a launch team. And there's just so much that's missed. One thing that's missed a lot, an opportunity, is to review the book on Goodreads, because Goodreads is the only place you can review a book before it's out on the market. Like, Hmm. if you just have your team either go to their Goodreads account or create one and mark the book want to read or currently reading, Goodreads is social media for people that love books. And that's an opportunity that's missed quite a bit because Goodreads social media is is just like Facebook in that people have friends on Goodreads, generally other people who love the same genre of books as you. And so when I mark a book as currently reading or want to read, there's a news feed. And everybody that's my friend on Goodreads sees that in their news feed that I marked it. And it puts that book title and book cover in front of everybody that I'm friends with on Goodreads. Huh, I didn't know that was a social media thing. Yes, just marking the book, want to read, puts it in the news feed of everybody that's your friend on Goodreads. I'm definitely going to have to get on Goodreads and uh, start kind of setting up that account so that I can do that. But I kind of wanted to move on to the fact that what started for you as being a rogue leader has now actually turned into a vocation for you Yes, with a couple different things going on. My first question for you is what books are you launching currently and what are you about to launch? Okay, currently I am in the middle of a book launch for Rachel Hollis. Um, Her book is called Girl, Wash Your Face. I've seen that book. I like to say it with a little bit of attitude. Girl, wash your face. Right. (laughs) So I'm currently leading that team. I have other teams that are forming currently. There's a book called A Midwife in Amish Country. That one's just starting. And that one is going to be one of the smaller teams, um, like we talked about earlier. But coming up, I get to lead the launch team for Dallas Willard's new book called Life Without Lack. And Dallas Willard is one of those authors that um, he passed away about four years ago. And Mm. I've read many of his books, never met him, but he is one of those authors that really shaped and formed my spiritual journey. So this is going to be just a passion project for me. I am delighted to be able to lead this team. Oh, good. I'm excited. I didn't know that there was a new one coming out by him. I'm excited to hear more about that. You're going to, uh, as soon as I start that, that team is going to be forming like this week. It's, I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Oh, that's awesome. And then this is public knowledge that Bob Goff has a new book coming out in April and I get to lead that team. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And I'm like literally giddy with joy and anticipation because that launch is going to be so much fun. Okay, can you just mark me down for being on that team with you? Well, um, <laughs> in order to, I have a group that I have on Facebook. It's private group that I only allow people in that group who private message me or email me links to reviews that they've done on other books on both Goodreads and Amazon. Because Okay, good. Anybody that's in that Facebook group knows about launches that I'm going to be doing and leading, and they can decide which ones they want to participate in. But in order to be on that team of people that get alerted to the fact that I'm launching another book, you have to have reviewed books before. So you said you were going to set up a Goodreads. Once you've set up your Goodreads and you've reviewed any book, any book, message me and show me and send me a link or a screenshot or whatever, I'll add you to my group. 
and then you get to have choice of which launches you want to be on with me. Okay, so I love that. I love that you actually have kind of a filter system so that you're making sure that the people that are serving on your launch teams are actually committed to doing that. Right. Because I've been on some launch teams where people get the free book and then they don't do anything. Well, here's the reason why that happens. The Pareto principle is at work in every group on the planet worldwide. It's not just launch teams. And the Pareto principle states that 20% of the people are going to do 80% of the work. And so if a publisher says, here's 100 advanced reader copies, put your launch team together, give them the book, you can expect about 20 reviews on average. Now, when I lead a team, my teams generally run about 30 to 50%. And so what I do on a launch team is I give the publisher a bigger return on their investment in their advanced reader copies that they give away by getting those reviews. You know, I have had a team of 1,800 people. Well, no, it was 1,400 people. And within a month of the book's release, there were 700 reviews of that book from the launch team. So 50% return on investment for that publisher. That's really awesome. Which is unheard of. Okay, so we've hinted at that you have, you've said earlier, you have a process for how you do this. And you have a filter system for how you choose people for the launch team. And you have a methodology that gets a publisher a better return on their investment for launch teams. Mm -hmm. So all of this is leading me to ask you, do you teach people how to do this? How can they find out your methods how do they get involved in this so that they've got the kind of the success that you have? Well, I created a online training course for how to, I called it how to lead supercharged book launch teams. It's being beta tested right now. I have people in the course that are completing the course. And as soon as it's available for people to just be able to buy it and go through the process and learn, um, it'll be on my website. But right now it's still in the beta form. And I want to get feedback from the people that are going through it so that I can make it as good as possible. Because I already know what I know. And I sometimes assume that people know what I know. And that's what I'm trying to make sure is not happening, that people understand what I'm trying to convey with the information that I'm providing them. So that's what's happening right now. I've created this because I cannot possibly launch all the books. I want people to understand how to do this. And I want every author to reach as many people with the message that they have. And so I've created this course to help more authors reach more people with their message. Do you have sort of a target date for when you hope that this will be available? Within the next month or so. Okay. All right. And then when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that you were coming up with another online course. And I was wondering if you would mind sharing a little bit about that. So the next one I'm going to create is a way to help either aspiring authors or authors that have been published and have not yet saturated their market with their message. And that means you have to have a social media platform. So if you're writing a book right now, you need to be working on your social media platform before you go and try to get a book contract. How big your platform is, it directly affects whether you're going to get a book contract from a traditional publisher. And so while you're writing your book, I know people tell you, focus on your book, just get the book written, do the writing, writing, writing. But I'm telling you, yes, write, but also You need to work on growing your social media platform. And most writers that I know are introverted or have an aversion to social media. Um, Even just regular people I know are starting to have an aversion to social media just because we're saturated with it. And it's a time waster. and And you read all these books about how dumb social media is making us and smartphones are making us dumb and So everyone kind of thinks it's not spiritual to grow your platform. But the thing I want to say to aspiring authors especially is if God has downloaded a message to you because it's 2018, 
social media is almost the only way to reach the audience that you are destined to reach, that God already has in mind for you to reach. That and an email list. Those two things are an aspiring author's and any author's only way to reach the audience that God intends for you to deliver that message to. And there's ways to grow your social media that are holistic, that don't, you know, kill the spirit of what you're trying to do, that are kind and that are meaningful. And that's the message that I want to convey in this online training course is is what kind of mindset to have. And then the technical aspect of actually how to do it. How do you grow a Twitter following? How do you grow an Instagram following? How do you reach more people? Because algorithms are so wonky now that you post something and not very many people are going to see what you've posted. Why is that? So learning how it works and then what you can do to grow it as big as possible and reach as many people as possible and create the engagement on your social media that is what the publishers are looking for. Publishers don't care. Like they want you to have a big platform, 100%. But what they really want to see is, regardless of the size of your platform, is their engagement with the message that you have to share. Right. Are people wanting that? So you're starting a curriculum? Yeah, I'm going to create an online training course that will do all of that. Well, that sounds incredible. When do you expect that that will be launching, that we can look for that? Hopefully in the spring. (laughs) It's in development right now. And obviously, it's a big thing that I want to do. But my goal is to really help authors and aspiring authors. Like I'm somebody that needs to be doing this as well as the people that I want to take this course. I have a book out, but my market has not been saturated. I have room to grow my social media and I'm doing all the things that I'm going to be teaching. As I'm teaching about it, I'm learning more and learning better and actually liking it more. That burden of growing my social media platform doesn't feel like a burden anymore. Well, that right there would be reason enough for me to sign up just because sometimes it feels like a burden. It doesn't feel fun. And that just makes it so much harder to do. And so that mindset and that attitude of the heart is so important when you're talking about social media and growing your platform and all of that. So that's the heart of my message is, is mostly that. But then the technical part is like, what do you actually do? Right, exactly. And it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. You know, so every online training course, you know, has a private Facebook group where people can ask questions and, okay, so here's my situation. How do I work with the social media about this? You know, and that's where we get to as a team, you know, of people that are in this little space of wanting to grow their platforms. We get to talk to each other and and help each other learn and grow together. Anna, I love this. I love that you're developing the online training course for launch teams or being a leader of a launch team and for social media. I also know that you are an author coach and a life coach. (laughs) And we've talked a little bit about how to write a book in the past. And I've been to tons of different conferences. And I just feel like your method is far and away the most information, the most accessible and the most potential for success in any method that I have ever heard. And I would love to go into that more today, but I think we're running out of time. I just wanted to put it out there, though, so that people who are interested in finding out more, they can find out more about launch teams or this social media curriculum or how to write a book, how to be a really great author. There's so much that you offer, so much wisdom. And I'm just really super thankful for all of that. It's just a joy to my heart to help people. And to learn something new and then share what I know. It gives me joy and pleasure to do that. I can tell. I can hear that in your voice when you talk about it. And I can hear the passion that you have for it. 
All right. So I have one last question for you before we totally wrap up. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, the Declare Conference happens in the fall. And we've talked a lot about Declare, and I'm hoping that we're going to see you there this year. Mm -hmm. But our theme for the year is warrior. And a lot of that just comes from the fact that as we were planning for the conference last year, a lot of our team came under some pretty heavy spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of got mad about it. And we've said enough, like we want to fight back and do better. The enemy is not welcome here. And so we've titled or themed the conference Warrior. And so I would really love to ask you, just kind of in general, what does being a warrior mean to you? I love the question because it's one of the things that I like to talk about in addition to everything else. We have an enemy, a sworn enemy. The Bible says the devil's like a roaring lion who roams about seeking whom he may devour. Like we have an enemy. We know his tactics. You know, he likes to steal, kill and destroy. We have an enemy, but we also have a friend in Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit and we have an army of angels that are also warring on our behalf. So there is a spiritual battle that takes place in the spiritual realm that we all need to be aware is ongoing, that's relentless. And what matters is where you put your focus. We have to acknowledge, one, that there's a spiritual warfare going on and that we have a part. And our part is so doable. And most of the times it means getting on our knees and worrying in prayer, not just for ourselves and our families and our friends, as they go through, you know, the things that life throws at us, but warring on behalf of the dreams and the the things that God has put in our heart to do. And so being a warrior means warring on behalf of that thing in your heart that God has put in your heart to do, the person that you're meant to be in this world. And I know for me, that the enemy robbed me of that for a lot of years. I didn't know who I was in the world because the enemy had blinded me. But as soon as I figured out who I was, who I was meant to be, the gifts, talents, and abilities that I have to offer the world to make this world a better place that God put there because he wants me to do these things. When I war on behalf of those things and engage in that spiritual warfare, beginning on my knees. That's the true warrior spirit right there. That's so perfect and so true. It all begins with prayer. Well, Anna, I am so grateful that you were able to take the time today to come on and talk to us about launch teams, to share all of the wisdom that you have gained, and just your passion behind it has just been so refreshing and so inspiring. I'm excited to see what happens next, and I'm excited for our people to take the things that they've learned from you today and apply them, and to just see our community start to experience a little better return on investment like those publishers are. Absolutely. I am just delighted beyond words that I get to be a part of that. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for coming on today, and I am going to be looking forward to seeing more of you in 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, all these books that you get to help me launch because you're going to go make your Goodreads account. Yes, I am. I'm going to do that today. It's on my list. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a great day. Thanks again. You're so welcome. Thank you. Oh, friends, did you just love that? I mean, I want to say just one thing that I learned, but there's just too many things. I hope you, like me, took a ton of notes about launch teams. But if not, that's the beauty of the podcast. You can actually go back and listen anytime you want. And you can also follow Anna and all the links to everything we mentioned today through the show notes at declareconference.com. Don't miss it. Also, don't forget to get your ticket for our 2018 conference, Warrior. If you've ever felt like living out your calling can sometimes be a battle, then this conference is for you. Just visit our website for details, including the list of speakers. We're updating that regularly, so check back often. Don't miss an episode of the podcast. You'll get each new episode directly in your inbox when you subscribe on the Declare website or on iTunes. And we're also now on Stitcher, so you can subscribe there too. 
Are you interested in letting our huge community know about your product or service? We have sponsorship opportunities for every budget, including this podcast or the conference itself. Just send an email to info at declareconference.com. So that's all for today. We've got more exciting interviews coming up and you're not going to want to miss any of them. But for now, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time on the Declare Podcast.